The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. Specifically, metropolitan shenanigans. Today, Neapolitan shenanigans. Let's have ice cream while we do this. Yeah, let's just make this an ice cream podcast, not a hockey podcast. I mean, normally they're beer podcasts, but I want ice cream today. There should be an ice cream podcast. Uh, We are joined today by a very special guest. Uh, You guys probably know him for his famous slash infamous puns. Uh, Ian McLaren, formerly of The Score, now writing for Fear the Fin, has joined us to talk through the uh, Neapolitan Division today. Yes! Thank you. Thanks for coming, Ian. Yeah, no problem. You're reminding me that I actually have some Neapolitan ice cream in our freezer right now, leftover from a birthday party. So I'm going to have to dig that out when we're done. Oh my gosh. Wait, so you actually can have Neapolitan ice cream this afternoon because I definitely don't have any in my house. I think I could, but now that I think of it, I, the tub that's left, I think all the chocolate and vanilla is gone and it's just strawberry. Oh, that's not it's a as bit much. Yeah. If you're going to have Neapolitan, you got to have all three flavors. It's true. Yep. But maybe you could, like, with some cream, with some vanilla in it, and, like, whipped cream on top, and then, like, a little bit of chocolate syrup, and then it's, like, a Neapolitan sundae. That's just, uh, that just sounds like way too much work for right now. <laughs> I, I, I just want to take it out. complete agreement. Even putting it in a bowl is a lot of work. Just... <laughs> Absolutely. Got it. I feel like you need to take one for the team, though, and, like, finish off the strawberry, because only an, only after the strawberry is gone can you buy more ice cream. That's true. That's true. Oh, I totally forgot. Uh, it is the eight. The one oh my God. time we looked this goddamn thing up. It is the 81st podcast, and we looked it up before we started recording, and then I forgot to say that it is the 81st podcast, and it is September 9th. But now I've said those things. I forgot, too. <laughs> First podcast, it's the ninth. Man, remember that? Yeah, I think that having guests has been like the best thing for us this summer, but it's also been like, I forget how to do my own podcast. It really is. It's like, oh man, do I have to be funny now? Shit. What? You mean I have to actually talk about hockey? No. That's why we have guests. So much like we did on our other uh, division previews, we're going to kind of go backward through the uh, regular season standings from last season um, and just kind of go over our our opinions of what's about to happen in the Neapolitan division. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess the Rangers actually start us off right. If they're red, they're red and white and blue. Yeah. So, yeah, those guys, those, those guys finished in last place last season yeah i forgot about that i was just looking before we jumped on and i could have sworn the islanders finished last in that division but yeah i guess it was the rangers which is very sad for henrik lundqvist and i I don't think it's going to get much better anytime soon for him i mean okay do we think that that man is capable of winning a family cup with this team or is he gonna have to come on somewhere else do we think he could go anywhere else at this point in his career? Do we? Oh. He's, yeah, he's 36. And he carries a pretty heavy price tag for mm-hmm. next okay. three seasons. So I don't know. Is he potentially the best goalie that we have playing currently that is never going to get a cup? Absolutely. 
Yeah. That's a six-week staff for him. Like, Carey Price is probably the second best, but he's younger and could potentially be traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Lundqvist, I guess he had a he had the one chance a few years ago, but I don't uh, – looking at this team, I, I don't see them – I don't see them getting there anytime soon. Mm-mm. Man, that just makes me sad for him. I what's the Rangers are the weird team that's always like they're like the Canucks of the East, and then they're like, oh, we're not rebuilding, but we are rebuilding. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, looking at their like even up front, they have in the they only have one forward signed beyond next season. Everybody else is either UFA or RFA. And only Mika Zibanejad is signed for 2020-2021 right now. So they could they could go any number of ways, I guess, adding players or trading players. But as of right now, there's, like, who knows what this team could look like in a couple of years. So it's really weird. But then they have their committed long-term to Brady Shea and Shattenkirk and Mark Stahl on defense. So... Yeah, they're really weird. They have a really weird roster right now. Oh my god, guys. Uh, I know it feels like Lundquist's contract is super long, but did you realize he only has three years left? Yeah, and he'll be, what, 39 by then, I guess? So uh-huh. I don't know if... I mean, it still feels like it's a long time. He'll be 39. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know it's a, it feels like a long time, but like in four years, Henrik Lundquist may not be playing hockey. True. Plus, his third last season could be a lockout season, right? So yeah, might not even. Maybe he'll have some extra hockey in him if he sits out a season or something. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the roster, I don't think it's a bad thing to be long-term committed to Kevin Shattenkirk and Brady Shea and Mika Sabanajad. But they did a lot of RFA one-year contracts this year, like or like two-year contracts, I should say, because like Chris Kreider got two years, Kevin Hayes got one year. Yeah, my thing with the Rangers, though, has always been like, what do they have coming up? Because they haven't, I mean, as far as I know, they haven't had a first-round pick in like a decade. I mean, not actually, but that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Well, they got Philip uh, Chittle, Chittle who's been doing well in the AHL and mm-hmm. Leas Anderson has yeah. shown some promise. I think he's in the SHL right now. I'm but... just wondering what, what depth they have uh, in that area. I mean, up yeah. front, that's pretty much it for their prospects up front that could do anything of significance, I think. Which sucks for them is all I'm yeah. saying. But good for everybody else in that division, I guess. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Sucks to be a Rangers fan, but yay for everyone else. I just feel bad because I have so many friends who are Rangers fans. And, like, as much as, like, New Yorkers may have a reputation, honestly, a lot of the Rangers fans I talk to are, like, some of the nicer people and, like, totally get it when their team sucks. (laughs) <laughs> and like, as opposed to you know, like Boston fans or or some others. No offense. Ian. Hey, hey, hey! Ian's a Boston fan. <laughs> let's let's be nice. He's on our podcast. <laughs> but so I and I love Lundquist so much that I just kind of want them to be good, but they're not. No, they're not. They're not at all good. 
I don't think so. I mean, they have some decent guys who could contribute a little bit, but there's not really, as far as, like, star power or anything like that, there's, like, apart from Lundqvist, there's really nothing. Yeah. Nobody. They've got a lot of really, really good people that you can see as like support players but they don't ha- they don't have a Tyler Sagan they don't have a Jamie Ben they don't have I mean I guess I'm mean, going to those players because they're my like team so I get it but they don't have an honestly right. they don't have a Kopitar right like they don't have uh, a Kucherov no. and I think that's the problem is that they've got a ton of really good support players they've got a ton of like Mika Zibanejad is a great he's a good player but he's not he's never going to be Kucherov yeah, he's not a first line. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll be the next Vegas Golden Knights, so who knows? <laughs> we'll see. We can say that about any team now for the rest of time. We Vegas can. Will be the Golden Knights of 2018. Yes. But I, I Maybe it. the Dallas Stars will be the Golden Knights. <laughs> Please? <laughs> that's all I ask for in <laughs> life? Uh, uh, gosh. There's only one team that's probably sadder than the Rangers going into this season, and that's the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah, Well, probably drop down to the last place, I would imagine. I'm just going to say they brought this on themselves, some of it. They brought a lot of it on themselves. (laughs) Yeah. They did. They, They knew what they had to do, and they didn't do it. I mean, maybe this is, again, Tyler Sagan's not under contract yet or not extended yet. So maybe this is like... But they're at least closer. This, Yeah, so maybe this is hubris talking, but like, how do you let Tavares walk? I, right. Mm-hmm. I just, I just like stumbled over all of my words there because, yeah, how? How do you let him walk? I don't understand. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even St- Stamkos got to, what, the... Did he? I don't even think he got to the negotiating period with other teams before he resigned with the Lightning. But yeah, to actually let Tavares get to July first and make that decision is just yeah, it's unfathomable unless you just take into account the fact that he knew all along that he was never going to resign and just kind of played out the season. At which point. You just ask why wouldn't they have traded to him prior to the deadline and at least gotten something for him in return. But well, yeah, and so I think that's kind of my question is like, I think clearly there is some good faith on Tavares's part because if it had been clear that he wasn't going to resign, if he had been, right. if if he like even if I think they thought he had, wasn't going to resign, you know what I mean? Like yep. then they probably would have traded him. Right, right, but. I think also if he was committed to trying to get to a point where they would resign him, why, why didn't that happen? (laughs) Right. And that's where it comes down on the front office. Uh Yeah. And it's not like they're paying any other stars. Like they have some really bad contracts on the books. Don't get me wrong. Like fucking, Casey Zekas is making over $3 million. Cal Clutterbuck is making over $3 million. That doesn't seem like that should be a thing that ever happens. Right? They signed uh, that someone named Ross Johnston to a four-year deal this summer, which kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. They, they gave four years and $12 million. Yeah, it's it's insane. But yeah. 
also they had they I mean they didn't have to sign Kom- they Komarov only only signed after uh Tavares left. And they had oh. they have the cap space that they could have put Tavares in this roster without Komarov pretty easily. Yeah. Especially if you take away Ross Johnson and Komarov. That's four million dollars that they didn't have to give to anybody had they had survived, like, signed Tavares. Right. And they really did nothing to improve. I guess maybe they think that these depth forwards are going to help improve the defense, but they had, you know, the worst, most goals allowed last season, uh, more than Ottawa, more than Buffalo. And they really did nothing to address that in the offseason either. They didn't add anybody on defense. They brought in Robin Leonard on a one-year deal, but you know, without the defense in front of them, it's, it's not going to improve the goaltending either. So yeah. I don't know if they think that these forwards are going to, they're going to have like two forwards and three, three defensemen or something, but <laughs> it's just not looking good for these guys. And then they have Jordan Eberle, who's going to be a UFA next summer. And I mean, chances are the same thing could happen with him. Like there's no incentive for him to sign there either. So Marin, I just had a thought. I don't know what. Well, okay, let's 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 work this scenario through, right? Jordan Eberle. Okay, the Islanders are gonna be bad this year. Like we can all agree on this, right? Yeah, terrible. Yep. <laughs> so Jordan Eberle probably wouldn't want to resign there. But not to mention they do still have stadium weirdness going on. Like they thought they were yes. done, but they don't. They're not done. No. I mean, that's what happens when you choose not to get in on the ground floor of a new arena and you instead drag your heels and say you'll stay at Nassau and then decide last minute that you too want to, but they didn't make it for you. So it's terrible. Anyway, what were you going to say? Okay. Okay. All right. So we know the Islanders are going to be bad this year and probably in the near future. Jordan Everly's contract is going to be up at the end of this year. If you were Jordan Everly, would you want to re-sign with the Islanders? No. I would want to go the Devils, where my BFF is. Or what other team is looking for depth scoring and will probably be active in the trade market? Can we please have Jordan Everly? <laughs> oh, God. That would be amazing. He's the kind of guy the Bruins could use, too, actually. We, everybody's been waiting for them to add a top six forward over the summer. Uh, yeah, but we don't care about them. We don't care. No. They, they went after Rick Nash last year, and that didn't pan out, so maybe Everly could be a good – he's been kind of rumored to be going there for a while. Or people Taylor, are... We don't invite people to be guests on our podcast to be mean about their teams again. <laughs> but, yes, Dallas would be a nice fit as well. Thank sure. you. Thank you, Ian. That is true. Dallas would be a nice fit. Okay, so what you're telling me, though, is that we have to be nice about the Bruins today. Uh, nice or OK, either we are nice about the Bruins or we just don't talk about them. And when we get to them in the lineup, we just let Ian monologue for like, well, they're not, in the, they're not in this division. Oh, they're not even in this division. Never mind. Yeah. Far, sorry. I, I went back to the thing and I noticed. Yeah, no, maybe we just don't talk about them at all. I, I won't bring them up again. <laughs> We need a code word for the Bruins. <laughs> We're just gonna safe word out of that conversation. <laughs> Call them the wagon wheels. I mean, like. But yeah, and it, he does seem. Everly seems like a guy who will be traded at some point this year. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. If Tavares is in the and I don't see why he would. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of money, which he doesn't deserve, so I don't know. Who the fuck is even on the Islanders this year? Other is than like who? Uh, Barzal. They added Philpola. Philpola, yeah. I'll be. I'm gonna be interested to see if uh, Josh Hosang can make the jump to the roster this year. I think he could uh, provide some sort of spark, but yeah. I mean, Barzal is a, a legit talent. Oh my god, I forgot that jo- Josh Bailey signed a giant big contract too. Who the fuck is Josh Bailey? Oh my god, the, their cap situation is such a fucking mess. And now they've got Lamarillo in. Uh-huh. It's like I don't even I don't understand anything that's happening in their lives at all. I mean, and, they're still kind of they're still a bit lost from. Having messed up a bunch of draft picks along the way, right? Like Michael Dal Cole was picked fifth overall mm-hmm. four years ago, and he—I don't believe he's played in the NHL yet. No. They could have had like Willie Melander, Kevin Fiala, Eli Ehlers, like a bunch of guys that went after him. David Pasternak, like the list goes on of guys that they passed to take this kid, and he's done nothing. Well, we know what that's like. We we feel that we feel that, but. Yeah. <laughs> but at least our books don't look like their books look. Right. Oh, God. That's just, it makes me sad. Also, you know what really went wrong for them? Retiring the Fisherman logo. True. They need to bring that back. I agree. Everybody's doing retro third jerseys, right? So, like, why, why don't we have a Fisherman? True. I'm writing a letter. <laughs> I think you should write a very strongly worded letter. Just channel my dad. Get on it. He is a dad, so I right. Mean, you've got the dad power. You're the first dad we've had on this co- this podcast. Was Bob on our podcast, or were you on his? We were on his. Okay, then yeah. You get you just edged right in there to grab first dad spot. Nice. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah. So moving right along, one of the more interesting teams I think to watch this year will be the Carolina Hurricanes. I agree wholeheartedly. I've been waiting for them to make a jump for a couple of years now, and they finally, you know, made all these changes in the front office, and then finally started making some trades. So who knows if that patience will have been derailed by this? But I mean, you can't go wrong with adding Dougie Hamilton, and that was a Obviously, a huge move for them, and then some of these kids that they have should make a should make a jump this year, like Aho, and I mean he did last year, really. But mm-hmm. yeah, he led the team in points last year. He had like almost seventy points, I think. And sixty-five. I'm looking at it right now. That's pretty freaking good. But I mean, I do think losing Jeff Skinner is a bigger deal than they want to let on. But, I don't really understand that trade, but I don't really think Brenda Moore was a big fan. It doesn't sound like. Well, that's, see, that's what I'm mostly curious about. As, as somebody who watches a lot of front, front offices, I think Ron Francis was actually a pretty de- decent GM. But I can get the frustration of you're, you only have so long for a runway of like make, making it to the playoffs, right? Like if Jim Neal hadn't made it to that playoffs that one year, we probably wouldn't be talking about Jim Neal as the the GM of the Dallas Stars, right? Even though he's made some really good moves. And and I feel like Francis was similar in that he made a bunch of really good moves, but they never got over that hump. Because they do mm-hmm. play in a fairly tough division. The Metro for has sure. been pretty good for the last couple of years. And so I wonder, so like I, 
wasn't too shocked to see Francis replaced, but I am extremely reticent to think that the front office, even with the promotion of Tulski, their stats guy, basically, mm. to... I'm, some of the trades have been really... I mean, I love Dougie Hamilton, so I thought that was a great trade for that, right? But the Jeff Skinner trade seemed very much more of a personality trade, almost like a, a Matt Duchesne trade, but without the, the kind of A, return that Matt Duchesne could get. And B, not even a particularly good return for Skinner. It seemed like a personality trade. Yeah, for sure, definitely. More than a hockey move. No. I think that, I mean, I think the knock on, one of the knocks on Francis was that he seemed to just be a bit too patient. Like he really drafted well and developed a lot of prospects. Really take that swing for a trade to improve. The one that he did last year was adding Scott Darling, which was supposed to be like the next, you know, Cam Talbot backup mm-hmm. um, star goalie. And that obviously did not pan out. If he can improve even just a little bit or his numbers can improve, then I think that will go a long way to. I mean, I can just picture the whole Scott Darling has a great season and it puts Brindamore in the Jack Adams conversation. Oh, because That's absolutely Yeah, I, I can totally see that happen. And it's not, you know, that was a Ron Francis move, but he won't get any, you know, it's he's he's gone now, and it'll be the, yeah, praise the coach for turning things around, but it's just because their goalie got hot or what they expected he would be in the first place kind of thing. I wonder... I, I, yeah, I'm just looking at their forward, like their defense. I think everybody kind of understands is one of the best defenses in the league, especially with Dougie Hamilton on there. Like Jacob Slavin, Slavin, Slavin. I don't know. He spells no Jacob idea. weird. So like, I don't care if I pronounce his first name <laughs> wrong. Fair enough. Dude, he's got two C's in Jacob. Two C's. Yeah, that's, that's weird. That's probably, ex- yeah. That's extraneous C. Probably was played in the WHL. He's really, really good. Justin mm. Falk. Toronto's been salivating over him forever. Uh, Calvin DeHaan. Was that a Francis move or was that a recent move? I can't remember. Uh, I, th- I think he just signed. Yeah, this summer he signed. I like Calvin DeHaan, but I think there's some injury issues there that I'm not like convinced on him. But Brent Pesky, Trevor Van Riesdyk, Hayden Fleury. Like, I mean, there's some good – they have a good, strong defense, and it sounds like Brendan Moore is going to be a defense coach. But then I look at their offense, and I'm just yeah, like, well, who else other than Sebastian Ajo? <laughs> Maybe they're banking on Sveshnikov making an immediate impact. Maybe. Maybe Tara Vining can take a next step. Um, I don't know. Other than that, like Jordan Stahl isn't, uh, you know, offensive. Like they're good, but I think it's like the Rangers. Like we were just talking about with the Rangers. Like every single person we can see on this roster is a good support person. Like somebody you would love to have backing up your superstars. But no superstars. But no superstars. They don't have any 70-point players. They have some 60s and some 50s and a, quite a few 40s, a surprising number of 40s. But they just traded in two of those. Their owner came in, their new owner came in with a lot of bravado about trying to win and things like that. But they, 
heading into training camp, they're the lowest cap hit going into next season. So maybe they're they seem like a team that's either poised to make a deal going into the season or definitely at the deadline for sure. Like it'd be nice for them if they could swing a Justin Falk and something and something for like a William Nylander and just sign him to a big deal before the season kind of thing or something like that. I don't know if that, it just doesn't feel like that's something they will do. And maybe that's me seeing too much Ron Francis hurricanes. Right. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see how this team gets good. Much like I don't see how the Rangers get good. Yeah. Yeah. I still think, yeah, they're definitely uh, two or three pieces up front away from getting into the playoff conversation. I think. (sighs) Especially because I th- I don't feel like there's going to be five Metro teams that are going to make it into the playoffs this year, so that, that will hurt them as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just more like Carolina Hurricanes. How will you disappoint me this year? New and different every time. They don't disappoint me because I have zero expectations. I think, though I, th- I could see definitely the Jack Adams thing. Yeah, that's the only way I could see it. If Darling has like a Vesna type season, but other than that... I do love Scott Darling. I don't know if the offense is there. Yeah, stranger things have happened. I mean, Dar- if anybody was going to, like, get, like, God's blessed, it would be Scott Darling. He deserves it. Nice guy. Loves the game. Tries hard. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice guy, plays hard, loves the game. Yeah. Deserves some sort of miracle, right? He does. Well, I mean, he does have a cup already. Like, that's, Okay, that's a fair, fair point. Do you think God would ignore his cup in giving out his blessing to a goalie? It was with the Blackhawks, so that's it's definitely possible, yeah. I think so. I mean, because it's, it's tainted, for sure. <laughs> it's a tainted cup, and God knows. Speaking of things about God, uh, the devils are up next. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting transition you just had there. I just, you know, had to try something. I see that. Without looking, can you name the captain of the Devils? Oh, I know this. Uh, it's a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Andy Green? Yeah, good job. I didn't I like could this. not have done that. It's always one of those, he's just one of those people who is actually usually pretty solid, and then you never, ever remember that he exists. Right. No, yeah, Honestly, much- would not have known he played hockey if you told me his name. <laughs> So Taylor Hall is a person. He plays for the Devils. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. As one of my former Oilers, like, special children of my heart, I'm happy that he seems to be happy on the Devils, even though he lost Adam Henrique almost as soon as he got there. Yeah, Yeah, that was weird. I was just talking about that last night, actually. I was talking with my brother-in-law. We were at a wedding, just talking about hockey, obviously, instead of dancing, and... Because they go back to the Spitfire days and are pretty tight. Yeah. It's kind of weird that he was the guy that was sent out. But, I mean, that was a pretty good good trade, all things considered, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to work out well for them. I just I felt bad because, like, that was the one reason that Taylor was even remotely excited to be going there. And then, ha, 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 bitches. Like, <laughs> guess what? I probably like this team more than I should. Like, they're not great on paper. I don't know. But I kind of like him anyway. Like, I love Kyle Palmieri. Marcus Johansson. Got some good stuff there. Taylor Hobbs. 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 
Uh, Nico Hirschier, Hirschier, I always say his name wrong. Pavel Zaka. Jesper Bratt came out of fucking nowhere. And you got to root for Brian Boyle, obviously. Obviously. The thing that's weird with them is, like, they did so well last year and without really benefiting from a great season from Corey Schneider. Mm-hmm. So if, I think I look at them and think, oh, they're poised to take a step back, perhaps. But if he is Corey Schneider, then, yeah, I, I think they could – continue to hang around like they'll probably be considered a bubble team heading into the season which i think is fair that's what they were last year they didn't really do much to um, add a lot to improve significantly but if schneider does play as he can and has in the past not in and of itself i think is a a pretty big addition mm-hmm. just from yeah him being that guy kind of thing does the metro have the most goalies that i like in it i think it might so you just are, we've already talked about Lundqvist. Yeah. Now we're talking about Darling and Corey Schneider. I love all three of those guys. Yeah. And I want nice things for them. I like Holby. Gotta love Holby. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like all of the goalies, though. Mm, I don't like the Islanders have probably the most racist goalie duo on the planet in the NHL. Okay. <laughs> there are exceptions. <laughs> Obviously. Like, does that offset the Metro goalie love? Like, maybe. I don't know. But the Metro has some quality goalies. Quality people in goal. Who has on, who's on the Flyers? I don't even fucking know who's on the Flyers these days. Elliot still? Or... Yeah, I think Elliot's still there. Alex Leon. Yeah, I think for the most part. And then you got, like, um, uh, Matt Murray. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I think, yeah. The Metro has some quality goalies. Flyers goalie will be more le- oh I guess they have Neuvers as their backup but once Carter Hurt gets there then they'll definitely be very likable in that category. I don't watch enough junior hockey to know who Carter Hart is. <laughs> like the top goalie in the WHL for at least the last two seasons. I'm sorry, his name is Carter. That's not enough. That's not odd enough to be in the WHL. I thought that's how they drafted. It's rather Backstreet Boys esque, but it is. It is. Yeah, I think the Devils could be good, but not great. Yeah, yeah. I think they could snag, like, if it is 4-4 four and four this year, the breakdown for the playoff spots, I think they could grab the fourth spot over Philadelphia. Yeah. That's my contention. I guess maybe my thing is that, like, okay, I could see them playing getting in this year, but could they get in the year after? Or, like, there's a lot going on there. Mm. I think Ray Shiro is an under underappreciated GM though. I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for because the Penguins weren't as successful as they, people wanted them to be under Shiro, but he set up a lot of what has made the Penguins good now through like smart drafting. He just yep. wasn't particularly good at some of the um, contract stuff. And right. that's where I could see the devils getting into issues is like, again, they've got some really good young people. Hishier, Pavel Zaka, Jesper Brat. I guess Jesper, he's a hard J guy. But they've got a lot of upcoming contract negotiations that they'll have to handle. Taylor Hall, for instance. And will they do get into the same kind of problems that the Penguins got into without ever getting over that hump? That could be, a, that could be the Shiro legacy. 
Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very interesting team. Yeah, he's only got like two years left on his deal, so yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's really a. There's no cup in that window. I don't think for any miracle, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he he'll be able to resign this summer. I guess right because mm-hmm. they fly first ahead. So it'll be interesting to see if he re-ups right away or goes into next season without a deal and we go through this rigmarole again with kind of Tavares and Sagan Stamkos kind of deal. But that'll obviously go a long way to determining how sustainable their success is. One of our guests, uh, Chris, made a really interesting comparison to the NBA and about how the NBA, it's expected that you change teams pretty much all the time. And he made a pretty compelling argument that made the NBA more interesting. And Mm -hmm. so I almost kind of don't, want these people to sign with their teams, but then I also know that Sagan's contract extension is right there. <laughs> and so I have a hard time justifying that feeling. <laughs> I mean, there's no question that and the NBA is exponentially more entertaining and interesting than the NHL in terms of like player movement and drama, but I think there's like the underlying hockey culture loyalty stuff that hangs over guys in terms of re-signing or whatever like so i think that yeah just makes it really kind of boring and kind of predictable but if this is a, a bit of a trend and it will be a lot more interesting i guess sagan aside for stars fans but <laughs> thank you i guess it is a bit more different as well because there's like you can't do the super teams in the nhl because of the cap and all that but mm-hmm. if there was like a luxury tax system then it would be more interesting and you could see like a Sagan or Hall signing with the Leafs or whatever just to build one of those, but it's kind of restrictive and you kind of have to go where the money is or stay where the money is in that respect. So who knows? I wonder what will happen to Tavares if the Leafs don't win a cup. Like in the next three years, three or four years, something like that. Like, like will they really, like, I guess it's the Atlantic, so maybe we shouldn't be talking about it. But, the, but, but Tavares is really the first really, really, really big name to have gone – in this kind of post-2012 lockout era. And he's probably going to be the test case. Like, I mean, I think there are other guys who might be looking at it and think, mm, Tavares did it, I could do it too. But then also there's that whole thing of like, people don't copycat unless it works mm-hmm. in the NHL. True. And Tavares is obviously, I think, I mean, the money is good, but I think obviously there was a, a huge aspect of like, this team is good to Tavares going to the Leafs. And... I think, yeah, I think if he doesn't win a cup, you will say no one move. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be uh, definitely going to be really interesting to see what they can do. That means I might have to cheer for the Leafs to win something. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Gross! Ugh, but then they also hired Haley Wickenheiser, and now I can't not. Ugh, so many conflicting feelings. Okay. Gross. (laughs) Uh, Blue Jackets are a team of people that play hockey. I'm I'm sorry. They're a team of people? Are you sure? Pretty pretty confident on that one. With maybe some notable exceptions. Oh my god. This is so bad. What? So I'm looking at their season results from last season. 
And everybody probably knows at this point, Artemi, Artemi Panarin is kind of uh, the big name trade bait. Yeah. And for good reason, for good reason. He scored 82 points in 81 games. Can you guess who the, without looking again, who the second highest scoring te- person on that team was last year? Yeah, which team? Sorry. What team were we on now? The Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets. I want to say Dubois? Very close. He was third. It wouldn't have been that. It wouldn't have been Seth Jones, would it? Seth Jones. So their number one scorer, Artemi Panarin, scored 82 points. And then their number two scorer was a defenseman who scored 57. Ooh. I think... uh... Atkinson was pretty banged up last year as well, but once he and Dubois and Panarin got put together, they really started to take off. And I've seen a lot of like fantasy takes pinning them as a, like a potential top trio in the league. So it'll be interesting to see those three guys playing all season together. But I would expect, yeah, I wouldn't expect Jones to be second leading scorer again. I would think some of their forwards would step up and chip in a bit more. Like you see a guy like Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, Wenberg, like guys like that, I think could step up and and break out a bit more this season and kind of spread that offense out and not make Panarin the only option there up front, I guess. Well, he's also another one of those who could quite possibly go UFA. It definitely sounds like he... I don't think he doesn't like it there. I just think he likes elsewhere better, maybe. (laughs) talk he wants to go to the rangers or maybe go back to chicago uh there's a lot of talk about him in the stars yeah. honestly that would be- yeah. wait who sorry panarin oh there is yeah that's true like because the stars have this weird issue where like they have like a fucking baller top line but their second line could use some help they have a top three and they have a bottom six but that middle three is like Janmark and the last year of jason spetz's contract and we don't know how that's gonna go and probably Devin Shore, just because. I feel like I feel like everything about the the stars of his season is so up in the air, though, because we have no clue what Monty's going to be like. Mm-mm. It's 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 also unknown, which fills me with a lot of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like not. I do, I mean, I want to either brace myself for like sorrow or like be really excited and I can't do either because I just have no idea (laughs) like I don't know what this season is gonna be like y'all it's so weird but I think that's why like names like Everly and like Panarin keep coming up is because we have this weird second line situation yeah that we're just like I would love to have geez now that you've said that I would love to have Everly that would be awesome right Wow, that was really squeaky. Like, okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll take that again, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> that is so much better. You're gonna have to like cut out that one where you're like. <laughs> so we actually do have a question about the Blue Jackets. So Andrew, uh, cooler than Cali, LA, asks: Columbus is unlikely to win the cup this year. That's a fact, not a question. Should they be re- relocated? Um, alongside the Columbus crew to Austin as part of the package deal. Honestly, I don't think the assertion that they're not a cup team is quite accurate. I actually had them as a dark horse for last year, and 
if we remember, they were up 2-0 on the Capitals, and Game 3 went to overtime. So that even swung a little bit in their favor. I mean, they probably lose to Pittsburgh maybe in the next round, but that would have changed, obviously, the, the trajectory of last season's playoffs quite a bit. And I, 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 I like the Blue Jackets for some reason. I think they, they got a lot of talent on the back end and um, decent f- options up front. I think they – and Bobrovsky, who's one of the best, I think. Yeah, so, I like Forget relocation. I, I think they could – I think a parade is more likely than a relocation, personally. Do, do you think the Blue Jackets could play well enough to save the Columbus crew from being relocated to Austin? I, I don't. <laughs> Get that hot MLS opinion right now. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I think they're, I don't know. I love their goaltending duo. I love Bobrovsky. I love Corpusalo. Uh I guess maybe like we're talking about like with the Devils, like if those, if the goaltending gets hot, then there's no saying that they couldn't do something really good. But also, yeah, I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. You are a woman of firm opinions today. On the East? That's, you know, I'm just like, I don't know. They have storms over there. They have storms. Things things happen in the East. Things happen. (laughs) Things happen. They do indeed happen in the East. I've been told and witnessed to. They have a lot of guys signed up to 2021. Nick Felino on that contract. Brandon Dubinsky on that contract. Yeah, they got some new contracts for sure. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. We'll see. I get that. Blue Jackets are, they're hard to pin down. All of these teams, these are these middling-ish bubble teams that you can't be like, oh, no, they suck. Like New York. And you can fill in the blank on the end of New York. But like, you also can't be like, they're definitely a contender. Yeah, a lot of things would have to go right for them, but I think I think they're closer to being a contender than being like, uh, yeah, relocating or anything like that. <laughs> so the next team on our list is the Philadelphia Flyers, who tend to have extreme reactions amongst people. It's the most ginger team in the NHL. Which is weird because their jersey is so orange. Wow, there's a lot of children going on in the background. I just got invaded by all the boys just walked in here. Oops. They're going for a walk, I think. We just walk in here. Yes. Okay, go follow mommy. No. Wait, Daddy, Soon. Okay, could you two come with me, please? No. They're leaving. <laughs> they're uh, not according to them, they're not. Sit <laughs> in. You know what I'm picturing is that that guy that was doing the interview on the BBC. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> basically like, it, but times three and <laughs> the video. I love it. <laughs> My oldest is wearing a Bruins toque, which I'm very proud. Nice. It's, it's not uh, cold up here today. Oh, man. It's cold up there? Is that what you said? It is, yeah. Ugh. I'm so jealous. So I'm part of this, like, 
this is possibly the nerdiest thing I'm going to ever say on this podcast, and I talk about D&D all the time. So I'm part of this Star Trek fitness group. That is, in fact, the nerdiest thing you've said so far. (laughs) But I bring it up because one of the people in the group is a woman trying to make the Canadian Dragon Boat team. And she was posting about how like she had to like break out her winter running gear today. And I was like, oh, man. Do you guys want to know what temperature it is down here right now? Would you like to find out? Sure. Austin. Austin is gross and should just be, like, Texas in general should just be expelled from the earth. Oh, well, okay, never mind. It's, like, 76, but it's, like, <laughs> but you have to understand, it is, like, 100% humidity because it is raining. I feel like this is now a running bit on this show, which is Marin complains about Texas weather. I know. <laughs> uh, for you in Canada, that's 25 degrees Celsius. That's not bad, that's not bad. It, yeah, it's been worse it. this week. It's been worse this week. Now now I just feel silly for complaining about it. Now I'm <laughs> done. Let's, let's talk about something else. Okay, let's talk about something that might cause Flyers fans concern. How how are you feeling about Couturier potentially having major knee issues? He like injured his knee a couple weeks ago. He's expected to be ready for the season opener, but that's not good for a guy who missed Wait, what several... did he? what did he do to his knee? Uh... Oh, an injury note that I'm reading right here is re-injured the MCL in his right knee, but is expected to be ready for the season opener. Was he, he... Uh, the initial injury was he uh, he bumped into Gudas during practice back in the playoffs. Then uh... and, and yeah, I guess he had a setback. Generally, I have him on my keeper fantasy team, so I'm uh, kind of disappointed. With it that, says but... that he was injured in an exhibition game on August 10th. Okay. Okay, but so here's but so. I like Couturier a lot. Like, I like him a lot. Like, I, at some point, I think he could win a Selkie. I like him so much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But can he win a Selkie? Because he seems to never play enough. <laughs> and I think, like, without him, the Flyers get so much less dangerous. It's a little concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he really stepped up as the top line center last year, playing with. And Drew moved over to the wing a bit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, if, if he's out for any length of time, then that just kind of potentially erases that strategy and changes Drew back to his center position and things like that. Like, I don't I – don't, I'm hoping it won't take him out of the lineup for too, too long. But if he can be back for the regular season and they just pick up where they left off, I mean, any success they have is kind of – Dependent on him healthy at this point, I think they they relying on that much. So if he's gone, then their uh, chances of getting back to the playoffs aren't, aren't great. I don't think they did just pick up James Van Riemsdyk, True. which I think was a smart choice. I don't know if I love the contract; it's pretty hefty, but like also, I think he's a really good player. So there is at least talent uh-huh. in the money that he's pay- being paid. I think the Flyers, yeah, if if Katri is healthy, I think the Flyers could be a lot more dangerous mm-hmm. than people expect. I think Provorov is, is going to make a, a big leap this year as well in terms of being like an offensive contributor and like a strong defenseman at both ends of the ice. I think if he can break out as well, that would be really huge for them. And I think I saw this morning that Andrew McDonald is out for... <laughs> I was just going to say. That's uh, that's kind of addition by subtraction there as well. So, 
addition yeah. by subtraction. Not that you want someone to be injured long term, but it wouldn't be a bad yeah. thing for them if he's not in the lineup. I don't think. Yeah, I, let's let's just put it this way. I didn't see any Flyers fans complaining. No, definitely about mm-hmm. about his injury status. <laughs> Which for a Flyers fan says a lot. Indeed, they like to they like to talk. Uh, mostly, they like to talk at uh, Pittsburgh fans, though. How are we feeling about the Penguins going into next season? Can you feel any way but good about the Penguins going into a season? Uh, I mean, getting older, I guess, is maybe the only question mark. But, yeah, yeah obviously, you can't. They're going to be a playoff team. They'll be yeah, vying for another Eastern Conference title, another cup. Like, that window is still wide open as long as Crosby and Malkin are alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not slowing down by any stretch and penguins have seemed to have been able to plug guys in on the cheap lately or our young guys have stepped up for them and they just keep doing it. As long as Matt Murray is who they think he is and who he's been that uh, the defense is still kind of not top ranked, I wouldn't think, but, when you have three guys over 80 points as forwards, I don't, two of whom are over 90. Yeah, exactly. You're doing all right. Do you even care yeah. about your defense? <laughs> I mean, adding Jack Johnson, who knows what that's going to do, but. I do, we actually do have a question about this. So Julia, noted gerbil fan Julia, asks. Noted how- gerbil fan. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> I cannot think of a more accurate. No, I can't either. It was just funny. It just, it just really struck me as funny. Sorry, keep going. Uh, podcast favorite redhead. Uh, how can the Penguins send Jack Johnson to live on a nice farm upstate? <laughs> <laughs> well, they'd have to pay for it for one thing. <laughs> pay a real nice farm. <laughs> they'd have to buy him a real nice farm. I mean, with the salary they're giving him, he could maybe buy one himself. (laughs) The way their luck works out, he's probably going to go and be okay, at least. Like, Justin Schultz has written off there for a while, and he's been a meaningful contributor. So, I don't know, the Penguins always find a way. Yeah, but he was written off because he was on the Oilers. I mean, everybody was excited about him before he came into the league, and then the Oilers ruined him for a while. He was actually really good for the Oilers, which is the problem with saying that he was written off. I know. Well, that's what, that's kind of what I meant, is that, like, he was on the Oilers, so it was hard to tell that he was actually good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jack Johnson. Maybe maybe he'll, like, meet up with the other Jack Johnson and become inspired to become a singer-songwriter and then buy his own farm upstate. One of my favorite things about Jack Johnson has always been, like, him trying to explain to people on social media that he's not that Jack Johnson. Ah, really? Yeah. That's a thing? That's a thing. That's a thing that happens all the time. Oh my god. Yeah. I just liked him so much better now. Yeah. It's hilarious. I think uh, one interesting thing with them is, yeah, those young guys that always step up, and it'll be interesting to see if Daniel Sprong can become that guy this year that uh, takes a big step forward and is like the next Jake Gensel or along mm-hmm. along those lines if he can if he can become a contributor or like make the team and they give him a chance he could be one of those guys that scores like 20 goals for them and the big in the playoffs and 
they win another stupid cup because of the Pittsburgh. So I just think everybody from the East has a much easier time of getting to the cup final than anybody from the West. Yeah, that's no, fair. I, I agree with that entirely. Even though, like, I mean, it was funny because a couple of years ago, it was like, wherever, whatever path you go, it generally will have to go through either LA or the Blackhawks. And now the Blackhawks aren't really that big of a threat, but now we've got the Predators. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like every path you go is going to either go through the Sharks or the Preds. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Jets. Or the <laughs> it's like, well, fuck Jets. all of this. Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> I know. It is. It absolutely is. It makes me angry. It makes me so angry sometimes. Like, why? Why do we have to deal with this? <laughs> and I will say, in the East, though, we've had several years running that famous Capitals-Penguins matchup, and it always has seemed to be whoever wins that uh-huh. is goes to the Stanley Cup Final, yep. like the Washington Capitals did. That was my transition, just so we know. Oh, okay. We're clear on that. Yeah, we're clear on that. We're moving so on to you. Yeah. The Capitals are weird, right? Because nobody thought – everybody thought their window had kind of pretty much closed going into last season after they had gone big. And that was the year that they actually did the thing. Yeah. I mean, so it was one of those things where it was like from analytically – the numbers, the statistics were like, this is the worst Capitals teams we've seen in a really long time. And yet that's the one that actually wins. Yeah. <laughs> but also I don't think the I don't think by the time they hit the Golden Knights that the Knights were much of a threat. So. But at the same time, like once they beat the Penguins, it was very clearly like they they've got this shit. Yeah. They didn't really make many changes. I mean the ones they got rid of Grubauer and were able to dump or picks cap hit but then they just went around and kind of gave it to tom wilson which is kind of the and then they re-signed or pick for a much yeah. lower cap hit. <laughs> wilson's deal kind of became the joke joke of the summer so that seemed like a bit of a wasted opportunity to invest that savings on or pick into something better than tom wilson but yeah they pretty much have the same team coming back so i don't think they'll be favored to win the cup again but they just did, so who's to say that they won't again, I guess. Especially if Holtby, yeah, Holtby stays Holtby. They won't make the mistake of not starting him again to, to begin the playoffs, so mm-hmm. who knows, yeah. I th- how do you, so I have a friend who shall remain nameless, but uh, analytics-y guy, constantly pinning his hopes on Andre Burakovsky to to take the next step. Do we do we think that we'll finally see Andre Burakovsky take the next step? Or is he going to be a 20-point kind of guy, 20-30-point kind of guy? He was a fantasy sleeper going to last season. I, I read a lot. And, yeah, he only yeah only had 25 points in 56 games. Um, I think a lot of that was dependent on people thought that he might get put up on the wing with, like, the Ovechkin line, mm-hmm. which – eventually went to Tom Wilson got that shot, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe if, if he doesn't have a chance again, maybe he, maybe it'll happen. But if he's just toiling on the third line, then, then probably not, I guess. Oh, my fucking God. I did not realize. So people have been talking about, like, how Tom Wilson had this big breakout season. Tom Wilson still only had yeah. 35 points. It wasn't. It wasn't uh yeah, I'm, what the fuck? I'm really tired of hearing about Tom Wilson entirely. Like, it's ridiculous how how hard people are 
standing for him. Yeah, it's it's nuts. He got five million dollars off of thirty-five non-playoff points. Yup, yeah, that's crazy. Why can't I have been like born like a good-looking six-four guy? I mean, like I can't really understand like what else he brings. He's to the not table. even really that good-looking. I mean, if you like dumb faces, if, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, then yes, if you like dumb faces, I guess. Channing Channing Tatum has a career. Yeah, but he's cuter than Tom Wilson. <laughs> I feel like this is a poll that needs to be made. I mean, we can like, do that. That's fine. <laughs> is Channing Wouldn't Tatum be the weirdest thing that we've ever done a poll for? <laughs> Who is a more attractive, Channing Tatum or Tom Wilson? In the face only, please. <laughs> yeah, in the face only, please. Because <laughs> we all know Channing Tatum has the body and the dance moves. We do. And the personality. <laughs> like, every other box is ticked. <laughs> face only. <laughs> Gotta be objective about that. No, we really do. Absolutely. Uh, how are we feeling about the John Carlson contract? I mean, it's okay. He was going to get paid either way, I think. And I think it works for both the team and the player just to keep Pat, I guess, and keep that relationship going. But either way, I think he was going to get a lot of money just based on the market this summer and not much in the way of high-profile defensemen. And I think he had a career year last year, so that he got the old career career year bump in his – or the contract year bump. Him and Tom Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> So we have one question. Uh, Renee asks, the Capitals are Stanley Cup champions. Do y'all see any change in the playoff teams from the Metro? I think the seedings may be different, but the teams probably won't be. Yeah, I think, like we said earlier, I think the the Devils might take a step back. The Flyers could potentially take a step back. And um, maybe the Hurricanes could move up. But I, I think the Atlantic is a bit... Last year it was just basically a three-team division. I think it could be there could be some challengers in the way of taking that extra wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but so if you you had to rank the metro from worst to best, who who's gonna? What's your eight? Uh, the Islanders for sure. Mm-hmm. I'd say Islanders, Rangers. It gets a bit murky after that, but. Make decisions. Off the cuff. Let's do this. I go Islanders, Rangers, let's say Hurricanes, Devils. No, Hurricanes, Flyers, Devils, Blue Jackets, Capitals, Penguins is what I would say. Yeah, I think that that's probably what I would say too. Yeah, my ranking would not change any. Maybe like switching the Blue Jackets and the Devils, but I don't know. I don't know. That, that Those middle three there, the Flyers, the Blue Jackets, the Devils, are clearly the bubble teams. Yeah. yeah. Like, what, separated by, like, a point last year as well, so. Yeah, the Devils and the Blue Jackets had the same points. Yeah. <laughs> and Philly had one more point. Yeah. Gosh. And, yeah. Gosh, the Central such a bullshit division. Sorry. I was just looking at all of it. Uh, <laughs> so, other things that are not bullshit, happy things. Woo! Ian, do you have a happy thing to share? Something good that's happened in the last two weeks? Um, I mean, hockey-wise, mentioned off the top that I'm going to be writing for Fear the Fin this year, and it's kind of cool because I'll be able to cover the local OHL team and attend some games in the press box and things like that, and those are kind of opportunities that I wasn't afforded in my previous job, so I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. And... Uh, 
yeah, just school started this week and <laughs> it's good for me because I work at home. So that's good to kind of get a quiet workspace during the day. But and uh, yeah, the transition from summer went well. So I was pretty, pretty happy with that as well. So yeah, I'm just excited for fall to come back and for hockey to be back. And those are all, all good things. Are you a pumpkin spice person? Uh, you know, I I used to be, but it's it's really too sweet for me at this stage of my life. I usually I usually got like half half a pump at Starbucks, but even that still is just I'd rather just have coffee. None of this. I agree. Don't tell Mary, but I agree. Hey, I, I, you know, crazy. honestly, it's not like I want to force feed the entire world pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> you just not like them. You're just not allowed to make fun of people for liking them. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, if people like it, it's cool. I don't hate it. It's just, it's just too sweet for me. Yeah, no, that that's. Just, I like the flavor, but if it was like they could dial back the sugar so much, it would be actually much better. I mean, I'm just, I'm like, I like pumpkin spice lattes just fine. What I really like are the holiday spice flat whites. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. I like me some gingerbread lattes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so those are also good. <laughs> I might have to uh, get back to daddy duty here in a moment. Oh, okay. We got, uh, so I'll go through real quick. Uh, my happy thing, I had a housewarming party uh, last weekend and it went really well. Nice. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, real quick, my happy thing um, was uh, I had a friend in town visiting this weekend and we had a really great time. Yay! Yeah. Nice. All right, we have one, two last questions. Two last questions. Okay. Uh, do you want me to ask the first one? You can ask the second one. Sure, do it. All right, Jen, friend of the podcast, Jen asks question number one Do you think anyone in the Metropolitan from this year's draft will be playing with their NHL team this season? Uh, I think Svechnikov will with Carolina. Um, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Let's see. I'm really impressed that you could name one, honestly. <laughs> Just because you were second <laughs> like, for all. Like, I don't follow that enough. <laughs> I'd say him. I can't even remember who else is who else is taken. I'll just say him for sure. Cool. All right, number two. If you got to do a cup stand, what would you want to drink out of it? Something classy with a C or something classy with a K? That's a, that's a tough one. I can't drink beer, so that's kind of out. I'd just go with – probably the, the kids would be around, so I'd just go with, like, Cherry Coke or something. Something classy like that. Excellent. Classy, that's okay. classy with a C. Classy with a C. Uh, I think I would probably go, like, old school and do just, like, straight up, like, Coors Light. Like, something that you can actually drink easily that is slightly alcoholic, but only the barest about. Uh, I'm I'm putting deep Betty in that thing. Gosh, girl, <laughs> would you even be able to stand? <laughs> I think you're underestimating how my vodka tolerances. <laughs> deep Betty and I are best friends. And tune in next week when Carolyn's not on the podcast because she's been replaced by vodka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all we have for you today. Ian, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you can find Ian on Twitter. Uh, What's your Twitter handle, Ian? It's uh, at Ian C. McLaren. M-C-L-A-R-E-N. What does the C stand for? 
Uh, Cameron. Good Scottish name all around. That is yeah. a Scottish name. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And you can email us if you have a longer question, comment, or whatever. I don't even know at this point. <laughs> uh, at DepartHockey at WordPress.com. No, at gmail.com. Yeah, that's correct. Good Lord. Okay. That's even more correct. The DepartHockey.wordpress.com is our official blog. Thanks for joining us today. Bye. Bye. <laughs>